A warning to our listeners, this episode contains very mature content that may be tough for some out there to hear. Listener discretion is advised. And if you're just tuning in, make sure to go back to bonus episode 5, part 1, Larry Nassar, and catch up before tuning in. Now, on to the show. What I, what I was told was that, and that was that the, the patient was concerned that I was inappropriately touching her and didn't understand why. You know, okay. what I mean? like, like, you know, he was, you know, touching me in my private areas, you know, and he, she didn't understand why. And that's, those are two things that confuse me because I, I, I do this on a regular basis. This okay. is, this is a treatment that I, that I lecture on. I lecture on not only here at Michigan State to the fellows and residents and medical students, but to um, uh, national organizations, international. You know, I was the keynote guest speaker in Australia to the, to the Australian Olympic sports medicine for this very technique. They gave me two hours to lecture on it. That's why I wanted to show you the, the videos, because there's no question I was touching her in private areas. That's okay. what I do. I mean, that's, yeah, but right. this is what I do, okay? I'm not saying that I... I Yes, I'm there, and yes, it's medical. It's not, it was, I totally, I don't know how else to say it, but I'm totally taken by surprise, but at the same time, feel like crap that someone would feel that I was doing something inappropriate to them. In part one, we discussed the earlier years of Nassar's career. We talked about his journey from athletic trainer to medical student at MSU, and finally, in 1996, when Larry is named the National Medical Coordinator for USA Gymnastics. We heard testimony from Kyle Stevens, victim ZA as she was referred to in legal documents, and we began learning of the many other instances in which a young woman under Larry's care was abused. At this point, Nassar has been in the hot seat several times for allegations regarding the authenticity of his medical treatment. And let's talk more about those instances, about how he squirmed his way out of being caught time and time again. Let's talk about Larissa's situation. You remember her. She was abused by Nassar at Michigan State. And when she finally gained the courage to tell an adult, they told her that, she must be misunderstanding of what was going on. But in order to do that, in order to talk about Larissa, we need to talk about the adults that enabled him. And sadly, that does not begin with Larissa's case. It begins at a gymnastics training facility called Twist Stars and was home to many elite gymnasts. The club was founded in 1996 and owned by a man named John Gittert, who was also one of the two head coaches for the 2012 Olympic team that featured the Fierce Five. Gittert's style of coaching was described as intense, cruel, and deeply abusive. Many former gymnasts have commented on the fear they felt when being trained by him and the expectations he held them to in order to remain obedient. He would scream, throw things, and force rules and he was a perfectionist unlike any other. Yet despite all of the immoral behavior, the girls that trained under him yearned for his approval. In fact, they desperately sought after it. Years later, reports of Gitter allegedly depriving gymnasts of food and water and further enabling eating disorders came to light. 
Yet this coaching style was the norm for him. And at the middle of it all was a doctor that would volunteer on Monday nights at the facility. A doctor named Larry Nassar. See, the last thing you want to be in Gitter's gym was an injured athlete. You always wanted his approval and you worked harder and harder to earn it. He would beat those girls down. And then at the end of the night, they would go see Larry after practice. Larry was powerful, manipulative, yet he was also charming and charismatic. He was considered the nice guy. He would ask the girls about their personal lives, about their dreams, about their fears. He was admired. He was a confidant for the girls. In an environment like Twist Stars, Nasser was able to thrive. He was their safe place in this hellhole of a gym. But the girls would talk about Nassar out loud while in the gym. They would openly discuss how he was touchy. Although none ever questioned his treatment because he was doing it to them all. Victim A, as she was noted in statements, said that even as young as 12, she remembers being assaulted by Nassar. Her, as well as two other victims, noted that Larry would penetrate both their vaginal and anal areas while seeking treatment for their injuries all while not using gloves or seeking consent from them or their parents, according to affidavits. Although the girls really didn't have much of a choice for where they received treatment, as Gittert preferred his athletes to be treated by Larry. Typically, because Larry was so quick to allow their return, this was his choice of treatment. Most even have said that they were required to go to Larry, and if they did not want to receive treatment, the wrath of John would be upon them. They were advised to be treated by Nassar for all medical purposes, even those that would typically require them to see a family physician. You see, it was common knowledge for the athletes to know what Larry was doing to them and the others attending the facility. He would tell the girls that he didn't want to explain the penetration to the parents because it would be hard for them to understand, and yet no one questioned him because of his position and his reputation. How, you may ask, how did not one girl feel the need to question him during those years. So let's think about that for a moment. You're 12, maybe 13. Your life revolves around gymnastics. You feel the pressure from John to be perfect. You want to be the best. You yearn to be the best. And then you have this doctor who's average looking, a little nerdy some may say, and he's been treating gymnasts for years now, more years than you have even been alive. And no one has questioned him to this point. So why would he choose to do this to you? Why would you think this is not normal? He does this to everyone. He always has. It's completely normal. It's professional and necessary. And then, of course, you still have the weight on your shoulders of performing to perfection. So why risk it for something you feel isn't right in your gut? And this was the case with many of the girls time and time again. And not only at Twist Stars. More on that when we come back after a quick sponsor break. USA Gymnastics has to bring in sponsorships in order for us to watch them. So every four years, NBC tries to bring in new viewers and they use those girls to gain sponsorships and right in the middle of it are the teenage women the young 
teenage women and their bodies. You see, Nassar was a doctor for USA Gymnastics for more than 20 years. In that contract, it said that he needed to do outreach work within the community. So he worked with MSU, with high school students, with hundreds of girls. Hundreds of girls that he touched over 20 years. Protecting the athletes, it's not something that you hear in this elite space. But on the outside, at least, Larry put the athletes first. He always said that, put the athletes first. He was considered the guardian angel of gymnastics. Did people know he was doing this? Maybe not. Was he supposed to be alone with athletes? No. Were there policies and procedures in place? Yes. Were they followed or did anyone care? Nope. And on comes a place called Caroli's Camp, a mandatory summer camp for these elite gymnasts in New Waverly, Texas. These girls were young. They were being treated medically by a professional doctor and not just any ordinary doctor, the U.S. gymnastics medical doctor. They were told over and over and over again that they can trust Larry. The camp was hard core. They told the girls they were not even allowed to contact their parents. They had to be completely committed to gymnastics. And if they weren't, someone else, another young girl, would come in and they would happily take their place. Someone stronger, better, younger. Then there was Nassar. He snuck in snacks for them. He let the girls use his cell phone. He would listen to their complaints. He was their friend, most girls would say. So he was doing this in dorms, hotel rooms at his home in medical rooms and it didn't matter the problem you had if you came to Larry with a back problem a wrist problem an ankle injury Larry would perform vaginal manipulation he would take his hand ungloved unlubricated and would talk about the pressure points he was hitting there he was sure to help whatever problem you were experiencing by hitting these pressure points He would even tell the parents what he planned to do. He would tell them, look, I need to touch her in an area very close to a private part on their body. I need to hit these pressure points. He would be sitting feet from the parents sometimes. He would casually ask them about work or how their family was doing. So there's this whole institution of people in these gems that had the opportunity to listen. And that brings us back to Larissa. Because she is the one that told someone in 1997. She told Kathy Clagus, the MSU gymnastics coach. Larissa felt ready to talk about the fact that Larry had penetrated her with his hand without warning. She approached Clagus. Larissa remembers her office as a small room with a desk, a window, a green carpet. I have known Larry for years and years and years, Larissa recalls Clagus saying. He would never do anything inappropriate. Larissa named another gymnast who had told her she felt inappropriately touched as well. So Clagus called her into the office. She told her the same story. She told her that Larry had touched around the area, but it was never inappropriate, and that she was definitely misunderstood. According to Larissa, Larissa says when she was talking to Clagus, she couldn't even look at her. She just stared out the window. It was only 1997. Most of Larry's victims had not even been born at this time. She brought in more gymnasts, more gymnasts, older gymnasts, and they too said, nope, 
he was never inappropriate. But Larissa stood her ground. And then Kathy told her, well, I could file this, but there will be serious consequences. And Larissa didn't want to get anyone in trouble. She didn't want to be that girl. So she walked out. Larissa remembers afterwards crying in the bathroom and she resolved to never tell anyone ever again. She also worried that Clagus would tell Larry. And Clagus didn't tell anyone. Well, except one person. She only told Nassar. And at Larissa's next appointment, as she sat on the table, Larry pulled up a stool and he told her, So, I talked to Kathy. Kathy told me your concerns. I would never hurt you, Larissa. The other girls told you that too. I would never do that. And it was then that Larissa convinced herself that she was wrong. See, Kathy knew there was a process. She knew there was procedures and she didn't follow them. So this marks two people in seniority positions that were made aware in some way about Larry's abuse. 17 total incidences, in fact, just from MSU. So what caused it to all come crashing down? How did Larry finally Get caught. There's going to be one more part to this, guys. One more final part, a part three. It'll be out next week, and we're going to discuss the latest of Larry. Where is he now? How did it happen? And more. So be sure to tune in next week as we talk through part three of the Larry Nassar story. Until then, guys.